I want to jump right into the message today. Usually I do a lot of series, but this is another standalone message. And this message was birthed by a verse that was just in my spirit, nagging at me. And so this is where that, this message came from. And it's an unusual, un unusual verse. When you first read it, it almost seems like uh, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't equate. Something's up with that verse. So I want us to look at that today and see what it really means and what it really means to me and you. And it's found in Matthew 11, verse 12. Matthew 11, verse 12. And the verse reads this, the words of Jesus. He said, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And the violent take it by force. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And the violent take it by force. It, that, word, that verse is not as it seems. This violence that it, Jesus is talking about is not an attack for harm. It's not talking about the kingdom of heaven being attacked in a vicious, harmful way. It is an attack to attain. That word violence in the Greek is biadzo. Biadzo, and it means to force, to crowd oneself into, to press. So Jesus is saying that the kingdom of head heaven suffers violence. It's suffering from those that are pressing in to attain it. That see, oh, this is what I'm looking for. When they heard John speak about it, and now Jesus is saying he is proclaiming the kingdom. And how people, the throngs of people, the crowds of people who hear it and say, this is it, and I want it. Pressing in to attain it. And he says, and the violent take it by force. And that word in the Greek is biastes. And it means forceful. Uh, those who strive to obtain its privileges with the utmost eagerness and effort. They go after it. So this is what Jesus is talking about. That the kingdom of heaven is moving, it's advancing because people are laying a hold of that and they're coming after it with force and they're taking it with them. They're taking the kingdom uh, with them. Uh, the God's word translation says it this way, from the time of John the baptizer until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful people have been seizing it. How many of you this morning would say, I know someone, either now or in my past, they knew how to bring heaven to earth. They touched heaven. They were somebody that were giant in the faith, and I knew if I could get them praying for me, everything would be okay. How many of you know someone like that? Would you raise your hand? That man, you know these people are, are they, they know how to, to get a hold of heaven. Well, I have news for us today. God wants every one of us to be that person. God wants every one of us to be that kind of person that can touch heaven, that can get a hold of heaven, that can call on heaven in such a way that it alters earth. Situations on earth change because we know how to get a hold of heaven. And that's for every person here today. So I want to share with you this morning, I'm trying to calm down a little bit. Christians, I have to say, are not to be passive, ineffective, just biding our time, waiting for heaven. That's not what God planned. If that was it, he would have taken us when we got saved. We are to be powerful and forceful as we invoke heaven authority, heaven's authority, and make earth subject to it. Can you say a good amen there? So I want to talk to you for a few moments about how to be forceful for the kingdom. Forceful for the kingdom. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much. Lord, you're so faithful to us. Lord, thank you today that you've ministered to hurts. Lord God, that you, uh, I believe, have healed, begin a healing process.
But Lord, you don't just stop there. You not only heal, but Lord, you empower us to be strong for your kingdom. We do not live under a victim mentality. We live as a healed child of God. And Lord, you have things that you plan for us to do, and we can do it in the power of your might. And Father, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're not that kind of person that gets excited in church, don't worry, we have a little electrode tied to your chair that'll <laughs> shock you if we see it we need to. <laughs> you know, we're living in an interesting time, aren't we? You watch the news. Do we realize that it's very possible I mean, only a few things have to go a little crooked for us to be in World War III. I heard uh, one news report that say their ex-generals are already doing war games, trying to determine what would happen if nuclear war starts. And, it, and they say if nuclear war begins, it could kill up to a billion people. The nations in the news are the nations of end-time prophecy. Ezekiel 38 talks about the king of the north that God will call down to the battle of Armageddon. It refers to that king of the north as Magog in Ezekiel 38. Also, Rosh is the ancient name, and both of these are ancient names for Russia. It also mentions in Ezekiel 38... Persians, the Persian army, which is modern-day Iran. Theologians say that you see in Revelation that Syria and China also play a part in this huge battle of Armageddon. And with all these nations, we see that they all are currently in the news making alliances with one another. And we're not sure where America fits into all of this, but I think our protection has always been because of our alliance with Israel. And what's shocking about that is that when this battle of Armageddon takes place, the scriptures are very clear that Israel will stand alone against the whole world. That will not be good for the U.S. And Jesus himself comes to fight for Israel. That is his second coming when he's coming back on that white horse and we get to ride along with him. The good news for us, the time that we're living in now, that before those things happen, the rapture must take place with the tribulation to follow. Are you ready to become a citizen of heaven? Yeah. Now, if you are a born-again Christian, you already are. If you have yet to make that decision, today would be a good day if the Holy Spirit knocks on the door of your heart. And can I tell you, you don't have time to waste. Church, this is an exciting time for us to be alive. Please don't give in to worry and stress, even at the mention of all of these things that I just said. The church should be getting more and more excited, more and more ready to see Jesus come. But until that day happens, we got a lot of work to do. Earthly kingdoms rise and fall, but the kingdom of heaven will forever reign. And this is important for us to know as followers of Christ, because again, we are called citizens of heaven already. Philippians says it this way, our citizenship is in heaven and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, verse 21, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. So we are residents of earth, but we are citizens of heaven. Citizenship citizenship began the day you accepted Christ into your heart. You were born again as a child of God. 
And this is important for us to give some thought because there are some kingdom principles, some, some rules, some laws that benefit us now, that is for our good right now, not just for when we get to heaven, but for right now, life on earth. And Satan doesn't want you to know these. He wants you to be clueless when it comes to this information because he understands that these benefits cause heavenly interference on his earthly kingdom. So I want to, if you're taking notes, let me give you just three of them. There are many, but let me just give you three benefits of heavenly citizenship. The first one is this, power. You have power as a citizen of heaven. Let me give you the principle. The principle is this. Heaven's power is not limited by earthly conditions. Do you believe that? You should. Some, many of us have experienced that, right? Heaven's power is not limited by earthly conditions. As a citizen of heaven, you have the power of heaven residing in your earthly body in the form of the Holy Spirit. Corinthians says this, but we have this treasure in jars of clay, an earthly body, to show that this surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. You know, Jeremy sings well, and like I said, he has a, a gift given by God. And the songs are written well, they have the stories to go with them. But it's the anointing, the touch of God on it that makes the difference. It's the presence of God moving in his life, through his life to minister. And that's available for every person who belongs to God. You are a supernatural being because you have supernatural power of God alive and well inside of you as a child of God. It's the same power that stopped the sun from shining when Joshua prayed and wanted to defeat his enemy. He called on God and said, sun, stand still. And the actual sun quit moving because of his prayer. You have the same power. You have the same power that, that allowed Daniel to sleep in a hungry lion's den and get a good night's rest without being fearful of being attacked. You have the same power that parted the Red Sea for the children of Israel so they could cross through on dry ground and the same power that caused the water to come back together again to destroy every one of their enemies. You got the same power living in you. Would y'all turn up that amp a little bit on those seats because we fixed to have to shock some people. And we should be getting a little excited if we belong to God. Do you believe you got that power living in you? You do. It's the same power, the scripture says, that raised Christ from the dead and is dwelling inside of your natural body. Here it is in scripture. If the spirit of him who raised Christ, who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. You have a powerful life in Jesus Christ. Well, pastor, I don't feel that powerful. Well, Satan has talked you out of your citizenship benefit. It's not about feeling anyway, is it? God's power in you is greater than any power in the world. Earthly sickness and disease cannot limit God's power. Earthly conditions cannot dictate or limit God's power. Earthly rules, dictators cannot dictate God's power. God will do what he wants to do no matter who doesn't want him to do it. Russia may play a role in end time events, but Russia needs to understand that there is coming a day when they will line up on the battleground with the wrong superpower and he won't need an army or nuclear weapons or allies. All he will need to do is open up his mouth. And the Bible says a sword will come out of it to slay every one of his enemies. And that is our Christ. God's power is not limited to earthly conditions. 
Another benefit is this, provision. Provision. As a citizen of God, you have provision. Now, I, gotta, I hope I, the Lord helps me to explain this uh, the way I need to. Okay? Let me give you the principle. Heaven's provision is not based on earth's economy. Heaven's provision is not based on earth's economy. I think it would be a great ideal for every Christian to try to get as debt-free as soon as possible. I mean, to work on being debt-free because of the times that we're living in. Now, please, hear me through with this. So don't take one sentence and, and just, you know, hold on to this. But, but hear me. I think it would also be a good idea for every Christian to start putting back some food for themselves between about three to six months, just some food. When, when things could happen, and we saw that with COVID, things could happen in such a way that it may make it hard to go to the grocery store. I went into a store this week, and it was like, are y'all going out of business? No, we just can't get a truck. Okay, well, I couldn't find what I needed. So I think it would just be wise for us to, to begin putting back, and well, Pastor, you you hoarding food back for the end times? I'm talking about just being prepared for a hiccup in whatever. And it would be good to have some cash on hand for, for you, whatever that looks like, but just to be able to have some cash. Because I don't know about you, but I'm also going to put back some toilet paper. <laughs> it was not good. And I may not fight you over some Roman noodles, but I will take you out for some toilet paper. <laughs> and heavenly wisdom is part of God's provision. And again, I'm not saying God told me to do this. I think just looking at the time that we're living in and what we experience, this would not be a bad thing to do. And we would share. If somebody comes and needs a meal, you surely will share to them. And what a benefit that would be. It would just be wise to do. Even with that, I understand I am not my source. God expects me to work. The Bible says he who doesn't work doesn't eat. So God expects us to do our part. But when we do our part, if we're putting him first, we can trust him to do his part. There's a story in the Bible that's really interesting. Like so many, Jesus uh, or, or Peter was asked by someone from the, from the temple, don't y'all pay taxes to the temple? Trying to put them on the spot. And Peter was alone when the person asked them that, the temple tax, don't y'all pay the temple tax to you and Jesus? And Jesus already knew. Of course, Jesus knows it all, right? And Peter went to Jesus, and Jesus started talking to him. He said, Peter, let me tell you, I want you to go and catch a fish. And when you catch that fish, I want you to open the mouth of that fish. And I want you to look inside of that fish, and there will be a coin inside of that fish. Then you will be able to take that coin, and it will be exactly enough to pay my temple tax and yours. Isn't that an amazing story? Every husband just got the reason to go fishing this afternoon. <laughs> and I think what Jesus did with, with Peter and the fishing Peter knew fishing. Peter knew how to go catch a fish. But Peter didn't know how to put a coin in the fish's mouth before he caught it, and it would be exactly what they needed to pay the bills. And I think the lesson to us is if we do what we know to do, God will do what only he can do. Now, part of knowing what we know how to do is to give back the tithe to the Lord. That belongs to him. That's holy money devoted to the Lord. And we give offerings. Lord, it all belongs to you. You gave it all to me, so what do you want me to give back to you? Hear me. You cannot outgive God. As a matter of fact, God says you can even test me in it, and I will show you. Now, I'm fixing to say something that's going to trouble many people, but that's okay. This is what preaching is for. The Bible tells us that we rob God when we don't give back to him or his tithes and offerings. It's a matter of the heart. You can be a giver and not put God first. 
But you cannot put God first and not be a giver. I'm going to say it one more again, okay? You can give and uh, be a giver and not put God first in your life. But you cannot put God first in your life and not give. And not worship. And not witness. All of those things that follow. It just depends on what kind of kingdom we're building. What kingdom do we want to build? If we build God's kingdom, if we want to be a force for his kingdom, it's not hard. You say, it's just hard to do that. Hear me. It's hard when you don't do it. I just wanted to see how quiet it could really get in the room. I mean, it's just so quiet. I love when you start talking about money. It's like, <laughs> people start squeezing their butt cheeks, thinking they're going to keep their wallet in. Tense. The knife just cuts right through it. <laughs> Jesus said this in Matthew. We're moving on. Matthew 6. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, about your body, what you will put on. This is the person that's not putting the kingdom of God first. He says, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of air, they neither sow nor reap nor gather in the barns or yet, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them, and you're not much more valuable than they. Therefore do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all, but Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. Jesus is teaching us something so important that if we will seek his kingdom first and putting him first, not just in our giving, but in every area of our life, we will not have to worry about the things that other people worry about. He provides for those who believe that, he belong, that, that belong to him. Provision depends on putting the kingdom first. When you seek him first, you don't have to worry about provision. All right, let me move to the third one. Third benefit, there are many others, but the third one is this, position. The heavenly principle is this. Heaven's positions are not based on earthly popularity. Heaven's positions are not based on earthly popularity. Heaven has a position for every son and daughter. It's a position of kingdom building. Did you know that very little kingdom building really happens in the stage of a church? It does happen. But the kingdom building really happens in the world as God's people are released to go into their areas of influence with the power of the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, I think we're going to see more and more of that, that more and more people are going to be reaching people at their jobs, at the grocery store, getting people saved and healed and delivered at the post office. And then Sundays come together and we celebrate what God has already done. I really think that's God's model. We can only fit so many people in here. I mean, we started getting halfway full, and we were pulling chairs out everywhere. I mean, the parking lot's full. Thank God for that. We're thankful for that. But real ministry, I mean, multiplication. Thank you. Multiplication happens outside the doors of the church as you take the kingdom of God with you. Kingdom, position. We all have kingdom position. We're all called to be ministers of the gospel, aren't we? Jesus told, told us all of his disciples to go and make disciples. Colossians 3 says this, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. 
Whatever you do, you do it as unto the Lord. All kingdom positions are based on faithfulness. Only faithfulness, the scriptures teach us, gets the reward. There's a parable that Jesus calls the parable of the talents, and he talks about how he had three, people, three servants he called, and only two of them were faithful to use what he gave them to build the kingdom. And they got blessed. The one who, didn't, who was not faithful got punishment. So faithfulness is a requirement. Your faithfulness to do God's will is totally, let me say, vitally important for those countless numbers, multitudes of people who are not ready for their eternity. What you do could make a huge eternal difference in the life of someone else. If you just reach one person for Christ, you don't just reach that one person. You reach that family. You reach that generation that follows and the generation that follows that. You reach their friends and their, their people or their area of influence. It makes an eternal difference for a lot of people. And also, what you do on this earth determines how your eternity will be. We have that opportunity to send some treasure ahead of us. Now, I don't plan on being in heaven begging for some bread, do you? I plan on enjoying my bacon tree. Now, you can have whatever you want. I've already put in an order for my bacon tree in heaven. It's going to be wonderful. I want, I want some rewards for eternity, don't you? I'll drive the, the older truck, and if I don't get my Corvette here, I'm getting it in heaven. Amen. <laughs> and the Bible says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. We're talking about eternal benefits just for being faithful to the Lord here. Do we, do we deserve them? No. God rewards our faithfulness to him. So many benefits to be a citizen of heaven. I have to go ahead and give you this just for time's sake. I'm going to move right ahead to how can we be forceful for the kingdom? How can we become a force for the kingdom of God? You know, with this war with, between, well, really, Russia attacking Ukraine, they say that Putin was not aware of the Zelensky factor, the president of Ukraine. They, they call it the Zelensky factor. He was not, he thought it would be an easy thing for him to come in and completely dominate that country. But the Ukrainian people under their president have fought tirelessly. They have fought a bigger fight. It's sort of a modern-day David and Goliath. And I was watching the news, and, and one, of, one of the parliament members was very excited that day because he said, today we put Russia on the offensive. Excuse me, on the defensive. They had to fight. We were pursuing them. And so not only were they defending their country, they put Russia on the run, and they were so excited about it. As citizens of heaven, as citizens of heaven, we should be a force to be reckoned with. We should have the Jesus factor. I'm sorry, I was talking to the wrong church. Let me go try another one. We should have a Jesus factor. When the people of God become forceful for the kingdom, bars and strip clubs will have to close down. Violent crimes will decrease when the church becomes a forceful factor. Divorce rate will decrease. Abortions will become a shameful past. Salvations will take place in the streets and marketplaces. Demons will have to find some pigs to enter because there's no longer a place for them to go. Amen? So four ways to be forceful for the kingdom. 
Sometimes, girl, I'm not that fortunate. Yes, you are. You have the Holy Spirit within you. The first way, and we're going to be, I'm going to be referencing what's going on in Ukraine because it's just such a life lesson for us as Christians. The first way is this. We have to stand for what you believe in. Stand for what you believe in. The people of Ukraine are standing for their freedom. And the freedom, he said, Zelensky said, took for the whole world. We represent freedom for the whole world. Christians, we should be standing for the cause of Jesus Christ. I don't know where this is coming from. It's like a politician, I guess. I have someone that's going to help me. My new friend, Braylon. Braylon, would you come right up? He is, he is my new friend. This is Jeremy's youngest child. And I'm telling you, I like her. I like all of his kids. They're pretty wonderful. I don't know if they, they know it already. And, uh, but we were having dinner with them. And, and um, Jeremy was telling us something that just impressed me so much. That he's 10 years old. Am I correct? 10 years old, and she has started her own Bible study, her initiative, and she Zooms with her friends. And even over spring break, many of them are going different places. They have still been encouraging each other, and she, tell them what you told your friends about the spring break, what to do. So, the first day, I was like, if you are somewhere and you can't do it, at least just say a prayer. Yeah. Because there's no wrong time to ever pray. Amen. So, I told them to listen to, listen to a Christian song, and they can listen to any Christian song, and just tell me what you at least learned about it. <laughs> Can you tell us uh, what you said, why you started this Bible club to begin with? Because, first of all, because I'm a Christian, and I would love to spread the word out to other people. Right. And because if you deny God on earth to all your friends and family, he'll deny you at the Golden Gates to heaven. If that mic went so expensive, you could just drop it right now and just walk off the stage. That's a drop the mic moment. Would you give it up for her again? Thank you. Thank you. Ten, ten years old. Now, I think that follow-up question should be, what's our excuse? for what we believe in. Ephesians 6 says this, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore. Stand for Jesus. Another way to be forceful for the kingdom Along that lines is this. We must be willing to give our lives for the cause. Be willing to give your life. Zelensky and the people of Ukraine are willing to fight to the death. So one pastor, an interview with one pastor, and he sent his wife and children off, understanding. He said this on the news. They understand. This may be the last time they say goodbye. And he sent them off, but he stayed to fight for his country. What would happen if the, the church of Jesus Christ became less concerned about building our own life and became more concerned about the lives that don't know Jesus Christ and how we can build the kingdom if we just give it all to God. Would God ask me to give it all? I don't know. 
but you must be willing. Jesus said, if you want to find life, you lay your life down. If you lose your life, he said it this way, you can find it. Romans said this, Romans 12, 1, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Living sacrifice. I'm living to die, is what he's saying. I urge you to live that way, he's saying, to live to die for Jesus Christ. I'm yours, Lord, whatever you say, I'll do. Wherever you say go, I'll go. I'm yours. I believe God is raising up this generation. And those that have been in the church for a long time, we can either fall in behind them or we're going to get left behind them. And abandonment. Now, you understand, there's wisdom that comes with that, and, and godly wisdom is a part of that provision. But people who are not afraid to say, God, I'll do it. I want to build your kingdom. He said, look, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Me and Patty had the opportunity to meet a few years ago a family. While we were training for missions, this family was going to a Muslim country where they could actually give their life for their ministry, for spreading the gospel. What really stood out to me about this family is that the wife was blonde and the little girls were blonde children. So for them to be able to go and minister to this country to people that needed Jesus Christ, he had to leave his wife and children at home under guard because of their blonde hair. They could not do what he did out in public. But they were willing to make that sacrifice for Jesus I don't think Papa Charlie would mind me referencing him but I had lunch with him just a few weeks ago. Papa Charlie, wave your hand if you would. His health has been a little difficult for him lately, but with tears in his eyes, he said, I have to go back to Africa. Is it all just foreign missions? No. But when your heart begins to beat for the kingdom of God, you just want to make a difference wherever you are. We have to learn to pray for our, for our coworkers, get on our knees for our family. Those that are friends of ours that we know that do not have a relationship with Jesus, we got to be willing to invest, pray, whatever it takes to, for God to use us to make a difference. Number three, would you stand with me, please? Got a couple more I want to give you, closing. Number three, another way to be forceful is we have to fight the enemy. Fight the enemy. And that's not the person that you got in an argument with recently. Ephesians 6, 12 says this, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. We have a real enemy, and the power that works within us wants to help us to fight against those forces. I love it because Zelensky said this. He said, before Russia attacked, he said, when Russia attacks, they will not see our backs. Wow. And did you know the armor of God that's described in Ephesians? doesn't have armor for your backside. Our fight is spiritual. We fight on our knees in prayer. We fight with our mouths with praise. We fight with our testimony as we witness to others who are bound by the enemy. We fight with our faith. We fight with the word of God as we declare Jesus is Lord, and we fight with the power of the Holy Spirit. Are there any fighters in this house? 
Would you raise your hand to give God praise if you are a fighter in this house for the kingdom of God? And then the last one is this. We recruit others for the kingdom. If you want to be forceful for the kingdom, you start recruiting others to be on your side. Zelensky and many of the parliament members have done a great job recruiting help. Man, as Christians, we should be in the recruitment mode. Oh, no, here he comes again. He's going to mention Jesus. That's what people should say about us. I don't know. I know he's going to ask me to his church. I was at home a week before last, and I had a person stop by. He said, I just, I was out in my front yard doing some work. He said, I just wanted to stop by and introduce myself and started talking. He said, hey, I want to invite you to my church. And I said, I hope my people are doing that. He was recruiting me. Man, that's what we're called to do. We don't have to have all the Bible memorized. We don't have to go to Bible school. We don't have to say, I'm called to preach. No. You just got to share what you've witnessed. And I wonder sometimes, is the reason why we don't share it's because we're not sure of what we have experienced. Every soul that is one for the kingdom of God is a blow to the kingdom of darkness. This was reportedly written by an African pastor that was martyred for his faith. And it was found after his death. And it's now become really the anthem for the Christian. And it goes like this. I'm a part of the fellowship of the unashamed. You're part of that fellowship. Of the unashamed. The die has been cast. I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I am a disciple of his, and I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense. My future is secure. I am done and finished with low living, sight walking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tamed visions, mundane talking, cheap living, and dwarfed people. Did I say dwarf? <laughs> dwarf goals. I'm sorry, not dwarf people. <laughs> See what happens when you start crying and reading at the same time? <laughs> I'm sorry, dwarf people. I just lost the whole build-up right there. You finished I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotions, plaudits, or popularity. I don't have to be right or first or tops or recognized or praised or rewarded. I live by faith, lean on his presence, walk by patience, lift by prayer, and labor by his Holy Spirit power. My force, my face is set, my gate is fast, my goal is heaven, my road may be narrow, my way rough, my companions few, but my guide is reliable and my mission is clear. I will not be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, back down, deluded or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice or hesitate in the presence of the adversary. I will not negotiate at the table of the enemy, ponder at the pool of popularity, or meander at the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, shut up, or let up until I have stayed up, stored up, and prayed up, paid up, and preached up for the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus. 
I must give until I drop, preach until all I know, and work until he comes. And when he comes for his own, he'll have no problem recognizing me. My color will be clear. Can you imagine that already being written? And when it came to the time for him to give up his life for what he believed, he had no problem, I don't believe. It was already settled in his spirit. Your child of God, is it settled in your spirit? Is it already there? Do you already know? The decision's been made for me. I am a king, I am a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Would you bow your head for me? You say, hey, I know I am a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Would you raise your hand? Yeah, all over this house. You can put your hand down. You can say, Pastor, today, I want to be. I want to be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. I have not given my life to Christ. Or I have been away from God and I have not been serving him. But today, I want to come home. Is that you? Would you just raise your hand up high? There's no shame. Yes. Praise God for you. Yes. Praise God for you. Anyone else? No one's going to shame you in this house. We all know how that is. Anyone else? I believe there's others. I won't take but just more, a moment more. It's up, up to you. Yes. You can put your hand down. Thank you. Praise God for you. God sees your hand. If you're at home, you can raise it right where you are. If you're watching this later on, raise it right where you are. God sees you. Anyone else? I want to fix you to pray. Praise God for you. Thank you, Lord God, for your faithfulness. We're going to pray it together. And what we do is we pray a prayer we call a commitment prayer. And the prayer itself initiates a relationship with the Lord. It asks Him to become Lord of your life. Now, this prayer by itself does not save you. It's a relationship with Jesus. But it sure initiates that relationship comes from your heart. We'll give you the words. You give God your heart. Church, let's pray it together. What a privilege it is to pray with these three or four people. Aren't you excited? And let's pray it together. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me so much that you gave your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Would you forgive me for all my sins? Would you come into my heart? Would you change my life? And I'll do my very best to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Brother, I'm going to ask you to do something I didn't ask you before, but I believe you're the kind of person I don't have to ask. Would you come here right up front and stand right here? And I want her to lead the way. I think she's a great example for a force for the kingdom of heaven, don't you? I believe at 10 years old, she's already a force for the kingdom of heaven. And how many of you would say, hey, I want to do a better job at being a force for the kingdom of heaven? Would you step out of your seat and come right up front? You want to do a better job at being a force for the kingdom of heaven? Come on. Come on. Let's come right on up front. We're going to close just like this. We're going to do a better job at being a force for the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> I want to do a better job at being a force for the kingdom of heaven. Come on, would y'all move in a little closer? I promise I won't spit too far. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to do a better job. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Can you just begin worshiping your king? For king and kingdom, ain't it? It's for king and kingdom. Would you just begin worshiping your king? King Jesus, it's you, it's you, it's you. You gave your best for us. You didn't hold back. You were forceful for us. You were forceful for us. You went to the cross for us. You gave it your best, your everything. And you asked so little from us, God. We want to be forceful for you. We want to be forceful. We want to do better for you, God. We want to lay down our lives for you. We want you to use us in the ways that you want to use us. No more victim mentality. Hear me, church? 
We're not going to have a victim mentality. We're just trying to make it through. No more in Jesus' name. We're going to believe God for our healing and move on. Amen? No longer just looking at us. Now, I want everybody up here, if you would just raise your hand straight up to heaven. Now, Father, would you fill us by the power of your Holy Spirit? I'm going to ask you to ask the Lord to fill you up by the power of the Holy Spirit. Fill me, fill me, God. Fill me, fill me by the power of the Holy Ghost. Would you? Ah, yes. Fill full to overflowing. Full to overflowing in Jesus' name. Full of the Holy Ghost. Lord, do it. Fill us. Ah, if you've got your prayer language, just begin praying it, okay? Just begin praying it. Thank you, God. Full, 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 full. In Jesus' name, full of your presence, Lord God. We need your power in us. We need your power in us, Lord. We need your power in us. Lord, thank you, God. Thank you, God. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Would you bring that down just a little bit? I, I, I feel like the Lord is fixing to speak to somebody. Would you just ask the Lord to speak to you? Just ask the Lord to speak something to you. I don't know who this is for, but I feel like the Lord is fixing to speak something into your heart. It's just going to, going to change your life. Lord, do it now. Ask the Lord to speak to you. Lord, do it for me. Speak to me. <laughs> Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for doing that. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for speaking to our hearts, God. Thank you, Lord. Put it on our heart. Put that ministry on our heart, God. Would you do that? Put that ministry on our heart, God. Lord God, let it be a defining moment for us. A defining moment for us, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Oh, we give you praise for that. Lord God, we give you praise for that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Lord God, we give it all to you. Thank you so much for ministering to us today. Thank you, Lord God, that you are so merciful. We thank you for your power working in us. Lord, give us ears to hear what you're saying to us. Help us to be more in tune for, uh, for you this upcoming week that we will build your kingdom. Our mind will be set on you. Our heart would be given to you to use what you've given us to build your kingdom. It's your kingdom. And Lord, we thank you that we are citizens of your kingdom. In the mighty name of Jesus. Can we give God a big shout of praise, y'all? You can return to your seats. You can return to your seats, and I'm just going to close us out by blessing you, um, just a priestly blessing for you as you get ready to leave. Don't forget to go by the table and check out Jan uh, Jeremy's um, albums, his cassettes there. And uh, for this, especially for everybody that wants it, but for home church, raise your hand. I want to send you out with a blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Turn his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you. Have a great Sunday.